What's up, everybody? Hope everybody had a great weekend. I myself just watched the. No, I have not watched Man in the Re- Man in the Arena yet, the Tom Brady documentary, um, episode one. I'll watch that later tonight, and then I'll talk about that a little bit tomorrow. Just kind of want to review the football weekend, go over some entertainment type stuff. So, I want to start off with the TV show Legacies. I brought it up before. It's uh, one of those spinoffs from a C- from two CW TV shows. Um, I feel like this show has finally turned a corner. If you're a fan of magic and supernatural type stuff, just for inter- entertainment purposes, um, vampires, werewolves, all that nature, season four of this show is the best yet. There's five episodes out. You can go watch it on the CW um, app. I believe all the episodes are on there right now. It's free. Um, just to kind of hype it up a little bit. Have you ever, 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 ever heard of a tribrid in the supernatural world? Like you've heard of hybrid there's tribrid. It's a witch vampire and a werewolf all rolled into one. If you want to know what to watch, I think season four so far is great. It's the best yet. Seasons one and two, which are on Netflix, aren't that bad. They're okay for what they are. Season three is underwhelming to say the least. I honestly feel like they mashed up Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, and almost every single supernatural show you can think of and just threw it out there. So it was kind of like everything was just thrown together. I understand with the pandemic, they're trying to get some stuff out, but season four has definitely lived up to the hype and is getting much, much better and taking kind of a darker turn. Speaking of a darker turn, Spider-Man No Way Home. One of the most hyped up superhero movies in a long time. I think it's more hyped up than Avengers Endgame. Because Spider-Man was one of the biggest superheroes of all time. Um, I don't want to be let down when it comes to this movie. So I'm lowering my expectations. I still think it will be one of the greatest superhero movies of all, of all time. I'm being kind of biased there. But all I want is some sort of closure. As I mentioned, Spider-Man is my favorite comic book character of all time. Not just Marvel, not just DC, but all comic-type related material. Marvel, DC, um, Supernatural, Magic, anything. Just Spider-Man is that top fictional character I'm always going to like the most. But anyways, when it comes to this movie, like I said, I want closure when it comes to Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. One of my favorite actors of all time, and played one of my favorite heroes heroes of all time. So who is... Which who is rumored to be uh, rumored to be in a major part of this movie? As is Andrew Garfield Spider Man. However, as I mentioned in my interview with Jay Swan, episode thirty five, I watched his mo- I watched um, Toby's movies as a six year old up until eleven. So from twenty from two thousand two to two thousand seven. So seeing him in the MCU would be like the ultimate gift of closure. But if not his villains, maybe a cameo, and maybe even just Holland. Wearing his suit would be cool for the Spider-Man nerd. Maybe even like his voice in the background with like the with great power comes great responsibility, and even something with Andrew Garfield as well. I think that would uh, send this thing full circle. Kind of a short segment here, just kick off the show. So every radio show host or sports show or anything like that has a segment where they go over what they were wrong on, and. To bring up two, the first two that come to mind, I can't really think of anything else right now. Pardon the Interruption, ESPN show with Mike Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser, one of my favorite sports shows, one of my favorite talk shows in general. 
at the end of their show, they go over their errors for the day. They literally call them errors. And they correct, oh, Mike Wilbon said something wrong. Oh, Tony Kornheiser wasn't exactly right on something. But anyways, Colin Cowherd has Colin right, Colin wrong. Well, I'm coming up with my own segment in case I was wrong on something or in case I just completely fumbled away what I was talking about. My episode last Wednesday was probably one of the worst I've ever done. I was least prepared for it. I just kind of threw something together, then threw it out there at you. I apologize for that. Well, this segment is going to be called Inskeep's Turnovers. I turned over what I was going to say. I fumbled away an opportunity to have a great segment. I, You name it. I, I don't know. I can't think of anything. But Inskeep's Turnovers sounds cool. So you know what? We're rolling with it, especially with it being the holidays. Anyways, um... I was talking, I was referring, let me back up here. I was referring to my Iron Man segment about three weeks ago when I talked about Brett Favre, Cal Ripken, Russell Wilson, all them, Joe Thomas, The Undertaker. Yes, I said that. Get over it. Um, And I kind of already knew what I was going with. I did my research. I did my history, but... What I said didn't back that up. I called Canelo Alvarez the Iron Man of Boxing. And no, it's not because I caught myself. I was texted by a close friend. And first thing I see is, man, Canelo is not no Iron Man. There's a reason Mike Tyson is called Iron Mike Tyson for a reason. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not going to dive into it. I apologize, hardcore boxing fans. I apologize to Mike Tyson, Canelo Alvarez, great boxer. Maybe you could consider him a modern-day Ironman for boxing, but not up to Mike Tyson's standards. So I'm going to leave it at that, and I'm going to get into some reactions over the football weekend, and tomorrow will be more of a prediction show and anything else. I'll have a co-host on tomorrow night, so we'll go with that. I was going to have a co-host episode on Saturday, but I kind of fell through. I wasn't feeling good and just kind of had some miscommunication, so... Kind of just rolling with the punches here. Stay tuned. Start off with a little bit of college football, then work my way into the NFL. So Texas A&M versus Ole Miss. D- Texas A&M's defense did not let them down. They did what they could. But when you have an offense that has next to n- zero explosive players in this offense, with the exception of Spiller, their halfback, two bad offensive drives in the end and a bad turnover when the receiver initially had the ball ripped out of his hands that resulted in an interception for Ole Miss. Texas A&M offense is just inept. They had one big game this year against Alabama when Bama just had their worst defensive game and I don't know how long. And the Texas A&M always underwhelms their fan or has so much hype. It's like a bad 
just about anything. There's so much hype going into it. And like, I just watched this, like the Justice League movie four years ago. Josh Wheaton's, I believe. So much hype going into that, and then it just failed epically. That's why we got a Zack Schneider cut four years later. There's multiple reasons for that, but that's one of the reasons. We're not going to get a Texas A&M um, head coach's cut in four years. It's not going to happen. It, this offense just doesn't have any sort of explosion. It's the defense that gives them opportunities to score more points because they put them in a good spot on the field. It's, it's the same thing every year. Or it's the script's flipped, and it's the offense who is scoring 50 points a game, but the defense is giving up 51 points a game. It's just there's no two ways about it. Nothing has ever evened out for Texas A&M. Something that hasn't evened out at all for this team, KU. Their football team is not good at all. However, new head coach Lance Leopold, I hope I'm saying that right, he keeps them dif- disciplined, and they proved that this week with an unbelievable 57-56 to win versus Texas, at Texas. Predictable loss for Texas that can't hold a lead, can't even attempt a comeback versus a one-win team, now a two-win team. I really hope KU, big brother in this sense, I'm a Kansas State fan, KU is big brother, can kind of build on this win and get their football program back to where it needs to be. It's going to take a bit. It's not like the NFL where things just flip after one offseason. Like things are good. You're not going to get a bunch of five-star recruits in that same year, but you're right by Kansas City. You're not far from Texas. Maybe you can get some guys up here. It could work, and I, I hope Kansas State stays good. They're 7-3. and three. They played great on Saturday. 34-17 versus Sorry, got choked up there. Anyways, Baylor versus OU. Who is right about this one? Yours truly. You're welcome. I told you OU's offense. Actually, I didn't tell you. They would let you down this one. I thought that would be the defense. But they did They did let you down, only putting up for 14 points. The defense did fine for the most part, but Baylor controlled this game from start to finish. 148 rushing yards from the running back. 206 total yards for the Sooners is not surprising considering how Baylor's defense has performed this year. Talk about a streak, buster, win for Baylor. 17-game win streak, gone for OU. They're going to win the Big 12 unless they somehow lose one of these next two games, but they should be fine. But no college football playoff for them this year, which is probably a good thing for Big 12 fans because they'll just get the doors blown off of them by an SEC team or a Big 10 team or even an ACC team. Well, maybe not ACC, but you get my point. There's not a lot of dominance in college football unless it's SEC or Big Ten. Um, speaking of dominance in sports, Golden State Warriors have that dynasty of a run. One in 2015, 2016, didn't, 2017, then one 2018. Lost Kevin Durant, had some injuries to deal with. Now they're 11-1. I'm not going to dive into that too much, but no one expected Golden State to come out on fire like this. Yes, it's the beginning of the season. Still early. I don't even think we're a month in just yet. Eh, yeah, maybe we are. Um, I don't see them slowing down, barring any sort of injuries. Best coach in the league, Steve Kerr. Maybe second best coach. 
one of the best pure shooters of all time in Stephen Curry and even Klay Thompson, one of the best centers of all time and Draymond Green, dominant all around. I wouldn't be surprised if they won the finals this year. I haven't given a prediction on the NBA finals or even NBA playoffs. I was going to like I did for the NFL this year, and but it's just kind of too much of a long season. Even college football is kind of hard hard to predict. Yeah, you can throw in Alabama, Ohio State, and two other teams and just assume that's going to happen. Yeah, it might, it might, but Georgia, one of the best defenses in the country, there's just some things you can't predict. And with an 82-game schedule, same with NHL, there's just too much to try and predict there. So, like, midseason, I'll do some predictions. Last quarter of the season, I'll definitely do some predictions. When the playoffs start, that's when I'll do my predictions. I won't go too far. But speaking of dominance, again, there is not a single dominant team in the NFL. Sure, maybe Arizona. Kyler Murray's hurt. Hopkins is dealing with an injury. So many missing pieces right now. Where are they going to go from here? Kyler Murray might not even play this weekend. There's Green Bay who struggled mightily against Seattle, which Seattle's defense has come around with the pass rush. And secondary has been a lot better. Dallas, too, maybe. But surely no AFC teams. Patriots are starting to seem that way. I said they weren't able to put up a lot of points. They put up 45 against Cleveland. Give it a few more weeks. I'd say they're the dominant team in the AFC. Bills, I'm not sure. I know they beat the Jets 38-17, but... They just lost to the Jaguars the week before. The Titans barely escaped a win versus the Saints. Um, they did dominate L.A., the Rams, who are kind of struggling right now, as you saw on Monday night, losing 31-10 to San Francisco. Then there's the Ravens, who just lost to the Dolphins, 22-10. Yes, I know there's any given week, any given day, any given whatever, but that just... If, you're looking for a dominant team to like, oh man, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Who's going to, and mainly this is the betters. Um, okay, maybe my bet was wrong. Maybe the Patriots aren't that, or maybe the Ravens aren't that great. Maybe the Chiefs are kind of, now they had a great game against the Raiders, but that's one game. Maybe they're getting their swagger back a little bit. Maybe they're feeling like, okay, we've kind of found our identity now. We're trying to play with some stuff and figure out, okay, we can't go over the top as much, okay, we can't just totally go underneath, we got to kind of find an in-between, and they did, they found a good in-between, they found a happy medium, and now it looks like they're kind of back, so we'll we'll see what's going on. This week against the Cowboys, I think the Chiefs could win that game, I don't think they'll win, but, or sorry, I probably am not going to predict them to win tomorrow, but I, I can see them winning it. Patrick Mahomes, in one case, for the Chiefs. I'm kind of just going into the Chiefs Raiders. This is just a smooth transition. Um, That game, I don't know if it proves the Chiefs are back. I don't, it doesn't prove it. Like I said, happy medium, happy medium. Let's just focus on that. Let's not go overreaction and, oh, they're back. They're winning the Super Bowl going 13-4. and four. We'll have the number one seed. They're going to go on a, what is that, 16-game winning streak to win the Super Bowl? No, that's probably not going to happen. Can they win the Super Bowl if they keep playing like this? Yes, because what AFC team, ask yourself, what what team, if you're a fan of an AFC team, if you see that Chiefs team against the Raiders, that played against the Raiders, and they stay consistent like this, they go and beat the Cowboys heading into the bye week, 
and beat the Cowboys decisively. Not that they crush them, but beat them decisively. Do you really want to face the Chiefs? Like, are you feeling confident your team can beat the Chiefs? I wouldn't be. It's like when, say, my Chiefs went to go face the Steelers in the playoffs or the Patriots. Like, I was confident my team can give them a game. I didn't know if they could win. Would I come out and say that? No. Because I was young and I would talk crap. And I didn't really analyze a lot as I do now. But I thought, I was like, well, my team can beat Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. Or Peyton Manning and the Colts. They can give them a game. But no, they're probably not going to. Win. 2003, you had the no punt game with the Chiefs and the Colts. And Chiefs' offense looked great, but their defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. 38-31, final score. Against the Patriots in 2015, when we went on a 10-game winning streak, when the Chiefs went on a 10-game winning streak. And 11th win was when they beat the Texans 30-0, the Brian Hoyer-led Texans, and won their first playoff game in 22 years. Going to Foxborough, and they're losing that game by two possessions for the most part, come back, make it 20 to 27. I'm like, okay, maybe they can get something going here. Had an interception bounce off of Tom Bahali's chest into Julian Edelman's arms for the first down, game over. And it was what I was saying the whole time. Let's make it interesting. Let's hope we win the game, but I don't think we will. And I'm saying we because I'm saying what my perspective was back then. And then a year later, two years later, no, yeah, a year later, 2016 season, Chiefs versus Steelers against Ben Roethlisberger. They only held him to field goals. Uh, six field goals. How many touchdowns did the Chiefs score? Two. How many extra points? Oh, sorry. One touchdown. One field goal. Touch- yeah, you, you get the point. And missed an extra point conversion. Sorry, I got that scoring wrong. But you get my point. And they ended up losing. On a two-point conversion, that would have tied the game. And then there was a holding penalty. Kind of looked like James Harrison fell down. Kind of didn't, but... I'm just explaining to you fans of AFC teams like the Patriots and the Ravens and the Bills, like if this Chiefs team is those Steelers and Patriots and Colts teams of the past and they kind of start clicking, do you want your team facing them? You really don't because I've been there. I'm not being cocky like, oh, you don't want to face Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo, defense has gotten healthy. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying just think about that. Do you want to face that team? Yeah, you want to face them and beat them, but do you really think your team can? Anyways, back to Chiefs Raiders. Mahomes, over 400 yards, five touchdowns. Looked great. We had two kind of minor mishaps. One interception with Mike, or one fumble with Mike Hughes on a punt return, which kind of kept the Raiders in the game early. And then a missed field goal from Harrison Butker, which Raiders scored off that um, at the start of the second half because that's the end of the first half. 17-14, and Raiders kind of had some hiccups here and there. And the Chiefs just capitalized on it. And again, they threw it to running backs more. They threw it to tight ends more. They got Tyreek Hill a couple times. They got Byron Pringle on a beautiful p- touchdown pass. Ema, Kansas State, I say Ema, every man a wildcat. Ema, you get it? Yeah. Swagger's back, for sure. We'll say the Swagger's back. They got their confidence back. That That's one thing we can say is back. They got their confidence back. They beat the Giants on Monday Night Football. They beat the Packers at home, especially on the last almost very exciting play. Great last drive, by the way, on that game. And then this one. But are the Chiefs really back? I don't know. But there's kind of a narrative I want to destroy here right now, and it needs to stop. 
I'm kind of, and maybe it's just me as a Chiefs fan, and maybe I'm seeing it wrong, maybe I'm hearing it wrong, I don't know. Maybe it's just the everybody's against my team and no one cares to give credit where credit's due. I, I don't know. But I've kind of realized, I get a lot of texts, I get a lot of videos saying that Patrick Mahomes stinks or sucks. Sure, this year he does. But why don't we say that about Tom Brady? He had a bad game against Washington. Does he suck? No one's saying that. He had a bad game against New England. Does he suck? No one's saying that. He's 1-3 this year without Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski. He, has, he doesn't have a security blanket. What is he doing? Not winning. But when Patrick Mahomes does that, he sucks. When Brett Favre throws in a triple coverage and a interception, man, that's Brett Favre for you. When Patrick Mahomes does it, he's an idiot. What is he doing? Aaron Rodgers, when he does it, oh, he just had a bad game. When Peyton Manning did it, oh, he just had a bad game. But when Patrick Mahomes does it, he sucks. Maybe I sound like a sports conspiracy theorist here, but it's just what I'm hearing. It's the text I'm getting. It's just what I'm saying. Russell Wilson has a bad game. Oh, he just came off an injury, which is true. He had a bad game this past week, and he was coming off an injury. But if these guys are so great, aren't they supposed to be perfect all the time? Which is what some fans who just don't read between the lines and don't watch film and all these analysts on ESPN and CBS and Fox are just saying, just to say, just to create content. If you're going to create content, come up with something silly like this. They call Tom Brady the GOAT. They call Peyton Manning the sheriff. They call Brett Favre the gunslinger. Joe Montana, they call him Joe Cool. I call him the undefeated because he's 4-0 in the Super Bowls. They call Brett Favre the gunslinger. This is very silly, so bear with me. They call Aaron Rodgers the gunslinger too. Okay, I don't know what they call Aaron Rodgers. I couldn't think of anything. They call Russell Wilson Mr. Un... Mr. Unlimited. That's what it was. Very corny. I prefer Dangerous or The Professor is what I've heard as well. I prefer those two, but we'll go with what Russ went with. Let's call Patrick Mahomes the apex predator. I'm going with that. I'm ending it off on that. Laugh at me all you want. Text me and make fun of me all you want. I'm ending off with that. Tomorrow we got some predictions for the week and a little bit more to talk about. Man in the arena. Want to dive into the Golden State Warriors a little bit. And power rankings as well. Inkscape Sports and Entertainment, episode 37. I'm out. Thank you.